Welcome to your Gigi Replay for Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. Gigi Replay is, of course, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we break down the latest in gaming news, hosted by us, the Goodnight Grooves, a place for games and a place for goofs. We're, we're workshopping the slogan here coming into November, but you know what? It is a beautiful, uh, cool day in November up here in, in Ontario in Canada right now. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a nice day. I, I had a lovely day. How about you, Matt? I'm Paul, of course, for anyone out there. How are you doing today, Matt? Did you have a lovely day? Did you say Ontario? I did say Ontario. That's what uh, some people like to call it when because uh, the West. But from, from a lot of people from BC like to call it that because the weather here is so much mm. worse. That's funny. No, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well, seeing that Chuck Halloween is back. Charles Halloween, for those on the video uh, podcast, are can enjoy him. He's got a little hat and some hair now of uh, plant. Looks at looking great, looking great. I, I I'm digging his hairstyle. I need to to speak with his stylist because maybe I can get <laughs> in on that one. But no, Paul, I'm I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here with you. This is always one of the highlights of my day. If not, now that I'm back in the normal workforce, if not the highlight of my day. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, this is this is this is great. I'm happy to be here. And I, I we have some really fun stories to talk about today. Yeah, we have some really great stuff. So we'll get right into it because we don't want to dawdle too long. Although I will say, dawdling for a moment here, Matt, mm. uh, that uh, it was cool today. We got our we finally have our cold weather kicking in. And it nice. is awesome. I saw my breath today. It was six Whoa. degrees Celsius, which my friend is 42 Fahrenheit. That's cold. Uh, is, a high, is our high today. That's cold. It's uh, November, it was, though. Yeah. It's November. It's, it's supposed it's November. to be like it's, I think it's supposed to happen. And it, we, it was warm way too far into the fall. Like, beginning of October, you know, you could wear a t-shirt some days. Too hot. Not interested. So, uh, it's finally getting cool. I love it. Super psyched for it. That's uh, great so weather. We, we've talked about it. I don't put on pants. I mean, like, I wear shorts unless... This if, is pants weather for you. Yeah. If it's below 50, I'll put on pants. Yeah. And you putting on pants and, right uh, I wear shorts just to remind everyone I'm wearing <laughs> yeah. something. My legs just don't get cold. I'll I'll wear yeah. like a long sleeve above fifty, but you know I'm not gonna wear pants. I, I'll sweat. Yeah, I, I actually find even though I like to wear pants a lot, I do find in the summer that I generally uh, prefer. I find what's comfortable to me is a sweater on top, shorts on the bottom if it's cool. Uh, if it's like a cool evening or something in the summer, that's my preferred uh, my preferred setup. Now, see, anyway. at, at work now, I, I I have to wear pants during the day, so I get oh. you, I get you. But I'm in AC all day. It's what whatever. a life, what a life. Also, one last thing before we get started, what are you drinking today, Matt? As you take a drink, I'm drinking of it, yeah. a uh, a beer from uh, I think it's it's a Trader Joe's original. I think actually, hey, and it's not uh, it's it not sounds great. like a bad like streaming service they're starting Trader Joe's <laughs> yeah. original. It's not good, but I'm just finishing up. It's in it's. I didn't realize this. I don't want to get into this tangent too much, but yeah, we're going, we're I had always thought that Trader Joe's was like the super expensive high-end store. It turns out everything's really cheap. And so it was like a six-pack of beer for like three bucks or something. I it's insane. That. I always kind of imagine it. We don't have it in Canada, but I always kind of imagine it like Whole Foods. It's um, not at all, though. But it's not. It seems like it's actually like really reasonable. It's really and, cheap. But it is kind of like snazzy like that in some ways. So have you, you know about like two-buck chuck, right? Like their wine? No, I don't. I actually haven't heard that one before. That was always like their thing. Their two buck chuck. It's now four dollars because of <laughs> the times yeah. and inflation and all yeah, that. Yeah, supply chain inflation. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's your IKEA's running out of their meatballs. Are they really? 
It's a supply chain. They're running out of mattresses. They're running out of uh, certain things. They're running out of, I forget what else, and also meatballs. Mattresses and meatballs, the story wow. of Ikea and supply chain. Interesting. That's, that's, that's a, not a book good. I'm actually working on for, for good night groups. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Before we move on any further, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, send them over to ggreplayshow at gmail.com or head down to the YouTube comments below so we can address them in the next episode. Matt, the review, just one, review is in, uh, and it is something. This game is called Demon Turf. No, it is not a game about J.K. Rowling. It's actually an indie 3D platformer. Jesus Got a 76 Christ. on Open Critic, and that is out on Friday. Uh, it looks pretty awesome. I mean, you're someone who's like a 3D platformer fan. Oh, yeah. uh, does this seem like something that you know, get you going for me. I like it because it has this kind of cool thing where there's like 2D sprites in a 3D world. Uh, and there's that, but the art style still is cohesive. It doesn't look as jarring as you'd think. It's just like that right amount of jarring to create like this cool effect. Uh, I really like it, but I don't know. Gameplay has me feeling mixed. What, what, what's your take? Yeah. So I heard about this game a while ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And I was wondering why I had and I'm looking right now, and it's published by Platonic Friends. So oh, Platonic wow. is publishing smaller games that they like these smaller indie games that they believe in. And so I guess that's where I that's how I found out about it. And this game, that's, it, it feels so much like something out of Platonic. Actually, now that you mention it, that's so I know. interesting. I know, and and I I think this game looks really cool. I think it looks really neat. I had totally forgotten about it until it came up in in this review section right now. But I may give this game a shot. I think that the 2D thing, it's essentially a 3D action platformer. But your yeah, character exactly. appears in 2D while taking up 3D space in a 3D world. So it's you you'd, you would have to watch gameplay to understand. Yeah. But it looks it's really not fun. as radical as like like we're describing it. Like when you actually watch it, it's more natural than it right. sounds. But it's a neat gimmick. I think it looks really cool. It looks like you yeah. like you were saying. It's 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 unique. Like it, it's it's a different art style it's a different story like almost like playful but dark at the same time there's yeah. it's got that going on i think it it looks really if it's not like the greatest game in the world at least it's doing something different and i'm always happy when 3d platformers are doing something different so this looks really fun I'm I, I'm just happy to see 3D platformers coming out at all. I think it's really cool, and obviously it makes sense that 3D pl uh, Platonic, pardon me, um, you know, creators of Ukulele and former creators of like you know Banjo Kazooie, a lot of that talent, uh, you know, are going to work with other you know devs to come up with more 3D platformers and have that kind of resurgence. So really cool to see that. Um, one of the few negatives I saw watching the Noisy Pixel review. Shout out to Noisy Pixel, of course, on YouTube. They were mentioning how. There's a bit of a collectathon kind of aspect in the sense that like certain bosses and certain ways to progress require you to go back and collect like everything on a level. Um, so yeah. sometimes instead of it being like an optional thing, you kind of have to do levels twice sometimes or go back and complete things because you realize you missed things. That that kind of sucks, but you know whatever. It's it's learning stuff, right? I mean, it's still if it's still a game that you're interested in, I don't think it's going to keep you from playing the game. It might just make it a little more monotonous and maybe Demon Turf Two. Uh, will be a little bit different. That's honestly that's that's what I'm excited about is a sequel to this yeah. game or or just the the company's next game because they have this Platonic backing now. By the way, Paul, yep. Platonic Friends that's their publishing label. Yep, they're also publishing a little golf journey journey which we talked about recently. Hey, that's really really cool. A really, co oh, just a one? really cool initiative from them. 
Oh yeah, that game looks so cool. Yeah, very interesting. All right, nice, good, good stuff. Platonic friends, I love that. Of them just working on stuff that they believe in and to kind of, you know, bring back games and certain genres that have kind of fallen to the wayside that are just plain fun. You know how I always like to talk about that. So, all right, let's get right into our stories today. We got some meaty ones, you know, maybe depends on how much we talk about them. But uh, let's start off with uh, some Blizzard stuff because there was Blizzard was in the news a lot this week. It's been a while since they've really been mentioned a whole lot. But here we go. Jen O'Neill, co-leader of Blizzard Entertainment, uh, leaves Blizzard uh, co-leader role, uh, and Mike Ybarra will become the sole leader of Blizzard. I guess that's such a, such a strange, they don't have like a, like co-leader is like a weird title to have. It's very culty. Um, O'Neill said she would be taking on a new role with the nonprofit organization Women in Games International, uh, starting with a $1 million grant from Activision Blizzard to the organization. Kind of funny because she's the <laughs> co-leader of Blizzard to be like, hey, we're just tossing a million dollars. Now, um, O'Neill is already on the board of Women in Games International. Um, so this is something new that she's taking on within that system. I guess more, a more full-time role there, um, which has not been fully defined yet. Um, O'Neill's quoted as saying, I'm doing this not because I am without hope for Blizzard, quite the opposite. Uh, I'm inspired by the passion of everyone here working towards meaningful, lasting changes with their whole hearts. You know what, Matt, let's go to you first. What do you think is going on here? Um, what do you think? Wild speculation. What do you think this means for Blizzard? Go. <laughs> I think it's possible that Jen O'Neill never wanted like this co-leader position. Uh, you know, Mikey Barr is the one who's been vocal since they both took those roles. He's more amongst the fans on Twitter. He's a big WoW player, so he's he's communicating with other players online. Jen O'Neill has been more in the background, so we haven't really heard much about what's been going on with her. It just a couple episodes ago, maybe even last episode, Paul, we were literally talking about we're like we can't. I can't even remember the remember name. Of name, her, right? And I wasn't even. It wasn't even like a negative thing. It's just she hasn't been vocal, and so I haven't paid attention. Right, and so it, it it sort it feels to me like she just is ready to get out of games leadership and go do something else within games, but you know to to change to, to to do something positive that's not actually working on games or being a leader of a crew working on games but to to still be in that world just doing something different yep totally makes sense um i've seen a bunch of people talk about this and i think this is very fair this is my first thought is uh is the, the glass cliff which is an interesting uh phenomenon i was checking out whereas you know when a company is failing having a lot of issues uh especially in tech we see this a lot lately with like marissa meyer with yahoo or uh, Ellen Powell and Reddit and some other things. When the company's failing, they'll promote. That's the the moment they'll take to promote a woman within the company, uh, and then and then they can go look. The company is failing actually because you're the leader, and then fucking hoist her out. Um, that does happen. It's interesting to see this co-leader thing too, because it's almost like they set up Mike Yabara to be the leader of the company in general, and then they throw threw O'Neill in there as well. And then later, if they wanted to, potentially, this is wild speculation. They could be like, oh yeah. Well, you know, this sh this shit's not hit the fan because of O'Neill. Out goes O'Neill. Yabara is now the sole leader anyway. Um, so I don't know. I think it, maybe it was smart for her to just, like, get out of there um, before something like that might happen. Regardless of if it's Blizzard or any company, I think there's just a lot. It's that This happens a lot um, beyond just Blizzard's frat boy culture or whatever. I think this is just kind of a common trend in tech. So something to keep an eye out for, for sure. But yeah, I agree with you in some sense. So, you know, I think it's... It's one of those things where a little bit, you know, she she was there and working on trying to 
you know, change the corporate culture potentially. You know, I, I think you're right. She got kind of promoted to this position uh, because Blizzard went, hey, we should put a woman in up here and and or we should make a diversity hire or something. Uh, and I think she knew that and probably doesn't want to be the diversity hire forever, um, especially when it seems like Mike's doing all the talking. Um, right. So maybe she's not even getting, you know, the opportunity to, to do things. But uh, either way, I think... Um, I'm losing my train of thought, but the point is, last thing I was going to say, um, I think it makes sense if she's seeing that Blizzard's making the changes they're supposed to kind of make, you know, what she's supposed to do, really. I think uh, I think it just there just isn't really a place for her. I think this was never really a role that was really anything co-leader. Yeah, I never thought, I, I we talked about it, I never th yeah. personally thought the co-leader thing was going to work out. It clearly didn't. Yeah. And... Blizzard just I don't I don't I I never felt good about really either of them I probably felt better about Jen O'Neill just because she has a really good track record with Vicarious Visions yeah but I never really felt great about either of them in that leadership role at Blizzard but I don't I also don't know who I would want in that role yeah. it's it's just it's not the same it's it's not the same Blizzard which is a good thing but also it's yeah. like it's we've talked about how it's conf, it's conflicting uh before but it's just like it's I don't know what I want out of Blizzard at this point. I, I don't, I don't really feel much of a connection to the company anymore, and I and I don't know what I would want them to do going forward. I agree. Well, if you were looking for them to do Diablo Four and Overwatch Two, you're going to be <laughs> uh, in for in for some trouble because those two games also got delayed as of Tuesday. Um, Diablo Four and Overwatch Two. Neither game, uh, both games were announced at 2019 BlizzCon. Neither game had uh, a real release date. Uh, just, I think it was kind of assumed that Overwatch 2 would come out sometime in 2022. Diablo 4 didn't really have a release date. Um, we now are being told that both games will not come out maybe until 2023. This is basically, they said they they may come out they may not come out till 2023. This is a crazy way to, to announce game. To, just don't say anything. Um, but, you know, obviously they have to say things because people are starting to like get antsy, especially when Overwatch has a competitive scene and there's money involved, right? So I think this is obviously, right. you know, some people's livelihood or something they want to become their livelihood. Certainly they're, you know, I would say like a pro level, a prosumer level hobby. Um, so obviously something they have to say, but... Uh, just more nonsense, right? I mean, BlizzCon line got canceled. We're seeing more turnover, you know, in the in the corporate structure here. And then also these games that we probably assumed were getting delayed more are officially kind of officially getting delayed till 2023, but maybe earlier. I don't know why they don't just say 2023. Now we've both seen games have director turnover in the last six months. Of course, Jeff Kaplan left in April and we also had uh, the previous Overwatch game director exited as well as Diablos, Diablo 4 yeah. uh, game director exited in September and October and, and these kind of things. So uh, it's just a mess over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, even if you did know what you wanted out of Blizzard, they're not even really making it. So it's kind of like, and I, and I don't blame them for not making it because they've lost their creative directors, but also because their creative directors were creeps. <sighs> it's, it's just a mess. I think Overwatch 2 is going to come in 2023. I just think it... One, I think a competitive game like that, they want to get out there for money purposes, but also because it's competitive, I think it's more resistant to protest. I think you're going to get more people who will just buy it just because they're like, I'm just going to buy the next Overwatch. 
Well, that's the strange thing about Overwatch 2 is that Overwatch competitive next summer, next season, is going to actually use like the beta systems from the 5v5 in Overwatch 2 before right. Overwatch 2 comes out. Right. So the competitive scene isn't really necessarily being affected 100%. Like they're already going to see changes from Overwatch 2 before Overwatch 2 even comes out. So this is really only like a big thing for like consumers. That's true. That's true. But I think it would be, I just feel like that, it's also a smaller project, we assume from everything we've heard, than Diablo 4. So I just think we'll get it yeah. first. Diablo 4, I think we're definitely talking 2024 at this point. I, I never thought Diablo, I mean, Diablo 3 took so long to come out from when that happened, and games take even longer to come out now, and Blizzard's a mess. I never thought Diablo 4 was going to come out, like, next year. Yeah, it's really not the kind of game where you lose your director and it's smooth sailing. Like, Overwatch 2... Can probably change hands because there's i just feel like in a game like that you have more people who have more control over more things if that makes sense yeah. um whereas with diablo 4 i feel like you lose the director in a game that has is more based on story and quests and and all that kind of well, stuff that's supposed to be part of what overwatch 2 is really focused on too, true right it's like true. reading the story more right it's almost like a story expansion i just feel the nature of a game like diablo 4 if you lose the creative I, I, director there's a vision there that is harder overwatch to replace feels like, overwatch feels like something that was like created by committee to that's be like what i was really trying to get to. like a really profitable ip that was like how can we make a profitable ip that's very popular in like the early 2020s and like it just feels like it's very whereas diablo 4 is something that's like remnants of an old series that really has to have like a direction and it's a more of a creative pro creative project yeah overwatch is a very soulless project <laughs> so it doesn't need to have as much from one single director i think so i think you're right that makes total sense i do think both so, games are I do think Overwatch 2 is absolutely in trouble. I yeah. Uh, I I could also potentially see Overwatch 2 just getting completely revamped. Maybe it already has been internally. Mm -hmm. it, it it never seemed like enough. It just seemed like like a glorified DLC or glorified expansion and you yep. didn't even need it to keep playing Overwatch. Like it's nope. it's such a weird thing. It's it's such a half step. It's more like Overwatch 1.5. Yeah, but then it also, it's so strange. Yeah, it, it was a weird choice. It, it already felt like something being made out of a company that doesn't know what it's trying to make. Yeah. Uh, and now I think they're, now it's one of those things, right, where we, where you're, you've you've lost a bunch of key people, the company's in trouble, everything's getting delayed, and you go, is this, even, I feel like there's probably people there going, is this even the project we wanted to make? Is this, couldn't we do, have done something better or something bigger? And it's like, well, now we're in it. And now you get like these things of like, you know, just trying to finish it. That's ah, a whole thing. So anyway, that's uh, that's Blizzard right now. It's our, our Blizzard watch, uh, the weather report. So keep an eye out. And we'll let you know if more Blizzards come in anytime soon. All right, let's move on a little bit, Matt. Talking about Niantic. No, we're not talking about all the Instagram ads you've been seeing for Pikmin Bloom. We're talking about Harry Potter Wizards Unite. There's a Harry Potter Niantic game? Yes, it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and it will be closed on January 21st, 2022. Uh, the app will no, no longer be able to be downloaded as of December 6th. Uh, I, I think there was a thing I didn't write in the notes, but um, I think it, um, like in its lifetime, grossed forty million dollars. Wow! Uh, really? When Pokemon Go so has bad. has gotten five point five billion, and even in the last year alone, one point one billion. Wow! Um, now, 
Obviously, Pokemon Go is a phenomenon. But listen, I mean, we've been talking about this. We talked about this recently. I just read a Polygon article that had the same point. Pokemon Go is Pokemon Go. It's it, it is the first and I think only game that can do what it did. Maybe something else will come along and surprise me. But the whole factor of Pokemon is what made it is tailor made for what Niantic does. It, it you walk around and catch Pokemon. Right. That is that makes the most sense. Even Ingress didn't make as much sense right. as Pokemon makes. Uh, and, and then you see like the Witcher trying to do this thing where you go around and like catch monsters. You don't do that in the Witcher. <laughs> and then and then this Harry Potter thing, you go around and catch magical creatures. Oh, remember that part in Harry Potter where they walk around all the time? That's not a part of Harry right. Potter. Right. Pokemon is so tailor made for this. It's perfect. Uh, and I don't think Niantic is gonna. I don't think they're gonna find anything else that's gonna work nearly as well. And I, I think a lot of these, a lot of these companies, I think like Warner Brothers and things or whatever, were trying to jump on this and just partner with them because all the data is there, so they can just skin it with their IP. But like, come on, they, it's just a lot of these things. I think are gonna fall to the wayside. Do you know anything about this Pikmin game? Is it playing them similarly? No. So Pikmin Bloom is really really cool. Okay. That's actually something I was gonna say because Niantic is now working on Pikmin Blue Bloom. That's out now. Um, it's really cool. It's like a health focus thing. So you walk around, and like, and the Pikmin kind of follow you, and you don't have it out with you the whole time like you do with Pokemon. It's a different move. Okay. So you can like battle things or capture things. I think a little bit, but mostly it's like you walk around and then you check, and like your Pikmin have grown, and you have more Pikmin following you around, and the more you do stuff, you like have this little Pikmin garden. I think like it's it's more of like a, a an idle thing that happens from you walking. Yeah, it is almost like a Tamagotchi thing, and you're not walking around with your phone out. So I think that's cool because I think every other thing Niantic has done has been really focused around. All these other games have been focused around doing Pokemon Go, but with a different in on it and mm -hmm. i think pikmin's cool because they're doing a different style of what they're doing and it's more focused on the walking but less focused on the game aspect um but it's still a cute way to kind of measure your steps and measure your walking and and get your get your you know activity in so that's that's cool i think that's why i asked because i i felt like they needed the next game to be something different now i know these app these sort of apps exist but i would like to see a niantic take on this where it's like a fog of war type thing where you're as you're going around in the actual world you're discovering new areas the fog is being lifted maybe you come across a treasure in the game or something like that um based on where you are i, I think that sort of thing could be kind of cool I'd, i would oh, like cool. to see them you know do their own clever stuff with it but i've always i've never downloaded one of these fog of war apps on the phone but i've always wanted to do that just because like in, in games like World of Warcraft and stuff like that, I've always liked the aspect where you you start with a blank map and as you walk around, different areas start to clear up uh, and stuff like yeah. that. I just like that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's it it speaks to the um, trophy hunter achievement clearing sort of uh, aspects of of myself yeah. and other people. So yeah, I think that could be a cool take on a game. That's a cool idea, especially it it ties into one of the limits of, of stuff like Niantic technology and, and what they have in that the world of AR, of this AR world doesn't actually show like the overworld map is just nothing. Like it's kind of just the streets right. and green and right. there's not like actual, there's not actual things there. It doesn't feel alive. Um, and that's obviously as we move forward with a AR, it's pretty cool. They can, they have the world map available and they can do that and they can kind of, but even then like Google maps looks more interesting than Niantic's yeah. map, which again obviously you don't want it to look like a google map but i you know i think that's something they could do ahead with ar and i think the fog of war thing's an interesting idea for that um making your world a little more 
a little more otherworldly, which I think Ingress does a good job of actually, where it's like you're walking around your world and there's secret places and data points and stuff in, in your actual spaces where I feel like the Pokemon thing, it's like, it doesn't say the street names or where you actually are in the same way, but at the same time, you're obviously just where you are. It's weird. Right. Um, I hope that, I think maybe, you know, once we get AR glasses, I think that'll really, this is the technology that'll be really, really cool for that. These apps and the software. Here's a, here's a quick game idea. Not AR, but something like GeoGuessr, and it's on your phone. It's an app. You go into a quick match with either like one other person. You're you're matched up with them, or it, maybe it's you've got like eight other people, and you're like the one person, and you're you're showing with your camera on your phone like your your area, and they're tr they're trying to guess where in the world you are, um, and they're just random, so everyone's like anonymous and stuff, and you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. I don't know, kind of a cool idea. That's a cool idea. You have to each guess, and whoever can guess the other person's area quicker, like wins. So yeah. it's like it, it kind of behooves you to not like give it away by being yeah. in a spot that's so clear. Hmm, interesting. That's a cool idea. Good, good game idea. We should uh, email the GeoGuessr team. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Talking about Square Enix. Square Enix claims Crystal Dynamics was the wrong fit for disappointing Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Uh, this story comes from Video Game Chronicle, which obviously I uh, got the info from uh, uh, Square Enix's like uh, annual report. Uh, here's a quote from the annual report where they uh, they're basically talking about the pandemic and how they had issues, you know, coming up with the game and the final months were really crucial. And they say, nonetheless, taking on the games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in the future in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. Uh, they they kind of go on in the annual report a little bit too, just to kind of say like, yeah, it's kind of like they uh, they weren't the right fit. And, uh, you know, they, they clearly weren't interested in making this game. And we still want to make games as a service, but Crystal Dynamics like clearly doesn't seem to think that they can do it. I mean, it, it, it's not like that obvious, but that is, they're not uh, that subtle about it either. Um, Square Enix has complained about Crystal Dynamics before, uh, slightly disappointing sales numbers of the Tomb Raider reboot. Uh, despite reasonable sales numbers of like 8.5 million for the first game. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some beef here before, but yeah, pretty funny. I'm wondering how Crystal Dynamics is feeling right now. I'm sure this isn't a surprise to them, but the fact that Square Enix kind of publicly published something from an annual report where they say like, yeah, 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 we uh, obviously we didn't give you a project that you guys can handle or, or that meshes with you. So whoops. Yeah, they're really <laughs> throwing them under the bus, but like- they are. They, at the same time, they owe it to the shareholders to explain what happened. So it makes sense. And you're right. Yeah, it, it, The same thing did happen with Tomb Raider where it sold pretty well, but it's still, they, they said it didn't hit our expectations. I really wonder where this leaves Crystal Dynamics right now, especially because they are having like this cozy relationship with Xbox. With the perfect dark stuff. Yeah, so I wonder, you know, maybe the, the Xbox buys them out from Square Enix when they're sort of in this low part of their relationship, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I think it's very obvious. Square Enix didn't really need to tell us. We, we can clearly see that it didn't work. But um, it is interesting seeing a, a company throw a team under the bus like this. It's funny not seeing them take responsibility. Instead of being like, people didn't want games as a service and like... Crystal Dynamics was like hoping to make a single player game and we kind of pushed them to make a games as a service and maybe <laughs> that wasn't the right choice. They were like, oh no, games as a service is clearly what people want, but Crystal Dynamics shit the bed on making a games as a service game. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, huh. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, it's it's inarguable that games as a service, you know, live live service games are are popular uh, and can do really well. But I don't know if like people. It's hard. It's hard to be like. You know, I think you could come at this from both angles, right? Look at the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is particularly damning for Midas Montreal too, and be like. You know, clearly they weren't maybe maybe they were on the right track with single player and, you know, you kind of you kind of screwed them on forcing them to do the games of the service project. So I don't know. I don't trust a Square Enix studio to do games as a service. Well, I just that that's that's one thing yeah. they they do great single player stuff like stick yeah. to that, especially Crystal Dynamics. That's that's what they're that's their thing. Yep. And so I, I think they're right. Like, I mean, they're they're obviously right. Crystal Dynamics was probably not a good fit for a soulless games as a service game, but like you gave it to them. So it's kind of a little on you, um, which they say. Anyway, OK, uh, well, one last thing I'll say, of course, because you mentioned it in the notes and I did notice this yesterday. It was announced yesterday that they would stop selling XP boosts, XP boosts by the end of the day for Marvel's Avengers uh, because of the enormous pushback from the community yeah people were uh, pretty pissed about all the xp boost stuff especially because you know it really felt like you kind of had to because they changed the balance of the game so it really felt like you had to buy xp boost to really even enjoy it right um so they've they've changed that now uh have yet to see if they've changed the balance to make that feel like how it should but but we'll see all right Let's move on a little bit here, talking about Riot's, Riot's Runeterra games. League of Legends, Teamfight Tactics, Legends of Runeterra, and Wild Rift hit a new record of 180 million players in the spooky month of October. Pretty cool. Steam's 2020 year in review showed 120 million active users, meaning Riot's lineup, minus Valorant, is potentially 50% larger than all of Steam. Matt, what the fuck? <laughs> Riot. They are they're out here. They're out they're they're playing to win. That's pretty nuts. Now I know the way that you explain this is the fact that they're big in China. Steam isn't really big in China at all. But this is still like two and a half percent of the world's population played a League of Legends, a Runeterra sort of game yeah. in the month of October. I wasn't one of them. So and, I was, and I do a gaming I show. Barely even played them, but I I did it. I was there. So like that is kind of insane. That's a lot of fucking people. It is. I mean, it's, it's I, a ton. I there can't be. I'm trying to think. Is there another company that could even claim anything like this? I mean, I don't know if there is. This is an insane number. Yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe Epic with Fortnite or something, but that's not really big in like overseas that yeah, much. I, I, it's it's big here, and it's really yeah. just Fortnite. They don't have the yeah. other properties going yeah. with it. No, I mean League of Legends alone, we we already know is one of those most popular games in the world. So when you yeah. add now they have Wild Rift on mobile, yeah, TFT, the card game. There's a lot going on. That has not even that many things. Like there's not even that many projects there. Uh, that's pretty crazy, especially when they're looking at even making more stuff in the future, working on that MMO. Absolutely nuts. It makes you wonder how popular the Riot MMO could be, especially if they target like non-subscription yeah, oh based, God. like maybe like free to play or something like League and like all these other games are free to play. Um, that could be fucking crazy. Like we could be seeing concurrent numbers higher than any MMO ever. All they have to do is yeah. tie in League of Legends skins and cards and Legends of Runeterra and I don't know what they sell in Tia and Team Fight Tactics, but whatever they do yeah, in that. Sure. Um, I mean, the whole thing's built on cosmetics. Just make a cosmetic shop 
uh in in the league in the riot mmo and like fuck me like and make it free to play holy crap that thing will be raking in money and they don't care they they lose enough money because they make it back in a million other ways I'm going to play the, the right MMO. I'm just saying it right now. Right. I, I don't even know Maybe. what the game is going to be. The The development team probably doesn't even know what the game is going to be yet, but I'm going to play it. And Damn. that just shows like, I'm not even someone who plays Runeterra games and I'm going to play it and add to that 180 million, which is probably going to be <laughs> 200 million by the time the MMO comes out. Exactly. I'm sure. Holy crap. All right. Also, speaking of Riot, you know, uh, making back the money other places, Riot also, uh, in a Washington Post article, they mentioned uh, how they're still uh, not making any money on esports. Riot says they're okay, though, with not making a profit on esports right now. Uh, they believe they are the future of sports. This is what they say. And so they think, you know what, right now we want to foster this healthily. We have the money right now to, to you know, kind of invest in this. And what they care more about is, and I'm always, this is like, there's long-term goals here, you know, let's not kid ourselves and think that they're like good, the best guys in the world. Um, but they say they want to make focus on making the teams profitable and supporting like the foundation, the grassroots. So the teams and the sponsorships and the clubs and the, and the things running it and the venues, they want to make that profitable first. And then they're going to worry about making profit later. Of course they will, because if they build it from the ground up and they have the resources to, to weather that storm right now and make these Super Bowl level events and lose money on them, then eventually they will be, you know, it's like the Amazon move, right? Just like, you know, start out uh, losing a lot of money and then you can afford to lose it when you are the only game in town, right? So I think, uh, you know, if they're the biggest esports thing because of this, you know, they can afford it, uh, which is pretty cool because, I mean, their esports stuff is huge. It's going to uh, be... Worlds, it's crazy. It's going to be hard for esports to get to a point where it is profitable just because if you look at regular, like like sports... Uh, a big part of their money comes from TV deals. Maybe esports eventually gets TV deals. I think maybe they can get exclusive ex exclusive deals with some sort of streaming service that maybe doesn't even exist yet. Something like that. Maybe Netflix. Maybe a Netflix deal or something like that. Uh, something thinking outside the box a little bit. Something that's not just TV. Um, but I think that's where kind a lot of, like of the money is going to come paywalled, from. like a pay-per-view Twitch thing where, where yeah. these things are only available, yeah. like paywalled on Twitch or something. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's going to, it's going to take a while. I mean, e even like actual sports took decades, some of them almost a hundred years before they even got to be like a profitable thing where people were actually making money off of it. Right. So it's going to yeah. take a long time, but if they invest in it and they truly believe in it. Um, then eventually it'll probably work out. And I think this is a really cool initiative. And they might not be profitable, but I feel like it's probably sort of just a drop in the bucket for Riot. And they're probably making so. enough to cover some operating costs. So it's probably not that big of a deal. It seems like this isn't a huge drop for them. If anything, I feel like they're closer to like, you know, being a bit under even or something versus like hemorrhaging money. I mean, these are pretty right. huge events, but I think they also are really popular events. They do like, you know, sell admission to and things like that. So I have to imagine they're not like making no money on these, but just certainly not enough to make it worthwhile if the, if this weren't to grow, right? If they were just to stay the way it is. Um, but yeah, and I think it's like an interesting point you made about traditional sports too, just to consider like, hey, like the only, like even traditional sports now really is only profitable because of like, you know, old systems propping up old systems, you know, sports right. propping up TV, which is like in turn propping up sports because they're like balancing each other out and a lot of old media and, and old systems of doing things. And I'm not saying like, you know, sports isn't going to last traditional sports 
Um, but I do think like, you know, the profitability of that right now is hinging on like old tech or old, you know, old, you know what I mean? Old business models that uh, probably won't keep existing, you know, in 10, 20 years, there will be some shifts in how that's going to change profitability anyway. So if trad sports are having, you know, changes in how they become profitable, I'm sure esports will jump on that same boat and we'll see. I mean, even is. like looking at the NFL, I mean, fo that that's a pretty old game, you know, the late 1800s. Yeah. It was the NFL wasn't making big money until even like the, the 80s. You know, it, yeah. it, it took a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to see. I think a stuff will make a lot of money uh, in an accelerated amount of time than that, for sure. It's not going to take 100 years uh, for these companies to, for esports, I think, to take off, especially for someone like Riot. Um, but it's just... Yeah, it'll just, be accelerated. A little bit more time, right? We need, we need a little bit more time for that to work. And yeah, they're clearly making the money back in the consumer-facing version of the game, which is cool. It's like if the NFL made all their money, you know, selling fucking footballs and football equipment, <laughs> right. so just to balance out the fact that it did cost a lot to run all the games. Right. All right, let's move on a little bit here and talk about uh, some Marvel news. Marvel's Midnight Suns delayed to second half of 2022. This is Marvel's versus Firaxis's Marvel game, uh, which looks pretty darn cool. Firaxis announced via Twitter that they're pushing back the original spring launch window, um, which, of course, to, to, to ha the second half of the year. That makes sense. Um, but also, this game was only announced like a month and a half or like two months ago. Um, they... I feel like they should have known about this at the time that the game wasn't going to be able to come out in spring, like to, to delay like half a year potentially. Yeah. So, you know, I saw multiple people coming up with different reasons why this could be that they didn't say it in the, in the beginning, maybe like, you know, uh, people were saying this was getting leaked a lot. Um, so maybe potentially they announced it early to get ahead of leaks, but they had a really good like launch trailer ready um, yeah, ahead did. of time. So I, it feels like maybe that was prepared, but maybe initially they were going to have a different date. Um, even if they announced it earlier, though, they could have just said second half 2022. It's kind of weird that they said spring and then changed it last minute. Um, I was thinking maybe it has something to do with like interacting with other Marvel properties. I don't really know if there's other Marvel games coming out early next year. TV I shows? I don't... Yeah, it could be like to, to maybe it'll tie in really well with a TV show yeah. or a movie or something. Um, or maybe they, you know, Disney wants it. I mean, it, obviously Disney isn't calling the shots here, but maybe Disney is a pretty firm hand here. Uh, might be kind of coming in and saying, hey, you know, we have a lot of movies coming out then. Maybe we want it to come out in the second half when we have less movies coming out because that'll give us some, it'll give you some good pump. Uh, I don't know, Matt, do you have any ideas of, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. They announced spring two months ago and then they went, never mind, considering that was such a close date before. Nope, I don't have anything. I don't really care about this game. <laughs> Sorry. I know you don't. I almost, put this, I almost put this in the quick stories uh, at the end, but then I don't know, I didn't. So If, it was, if this was really a mic a show, you'd have a little bit more. But I, 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 I think it looks cool. This is so not my kind of game. I really just don't. I'm not going to play this at all. It's Marvel and it's a kind of game in general, like a genre that I don't really play. So yeah. I, I just have no interest in this game at all, but I assume it has to be them trying to tie into something. Maybe there's COVID delays. I don't know. It's anything yeah. is possible at this point. Yeah. We're the speculation show, man. I just have to speculate. That's well, all, you know, all right. All right. Let's move on. We got some quick stories here to knock off at the end of the show. First off, we have a 15-minute Elden Ring gameplay showcase on November 4th, Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So you might want to check that out. Uh, it's going to be early burly for everyone out there, but uh, definitely worth checking it out. Uh, I think it'll be really, really cool. 
It's a it's lot of a, gameplay. 15 minutes. That's awesome. 15 minutes is a, is a long time. I think that's more than we've gotten from Elden Ring thus far, uh, especially with the January pushback uh, to February now. Um, it's nice to get a little bit of something to tide you over. Matt, you were saying like we're probably going to be sick of Elden Ring stuff by the time back when it was still even January. You're like, we're going to be sick of it because they're going to keep showing it at everything. Um, I think we actually aren't. I feel like they didn't show as much as I thought they were going to show. Probably at the Game Awards, there'll be a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but still, it's cool to see, you know, a bit of stuff for everyone waiting for it and being really excited. Well, this gameplay <laughs> is going to lead into their closed testing. Yes, that's what I was actually going to say, too, is maybe this is where we'll see the jumping. Maybe we'll see a little Ooh. bit of that. Maybe that stuff that they were talking about maybe causing the delay, them focusing more on jumping. Maybe we'll see that because uh, we had the leaked jumping video and then the delay. So maybe that's my little prediction that we might see uh, at this 15-minute Elden Ring gameplay showcase. All right. Also, something to consider, Take-Two reports, uh, uh, Take-Two had their earnings report today, uh, and they showed $53 million spent on a canceled, unannounced project. Now, we do, when I wrote this story, we actually didn't have any news, but now we do. It was actually uh, 2K, it was um, a new IP from Hangar 13. Um, which was the uh, which were the devs behind Mafia Three and Mafia Definitive Edition? Uh, they tossed them fifty three million dollars to work on a game, didn't work out, uh, and that money is uh, presumably burnt. Yikes! Um, especially after Matt, you were saying Mafia Three and Mafia Defin Definitive Edition didn't really have great um, you know kind of receptions. Not looking great for Hangar Thirteen here a little bit, kind of uh, burning some cash. Yeah, this is the kind of event that closes a studio i i wouldn't be surprised if if this is the end for hangar 13 and they're just maybe the devs are moved to other studios within take two it's probably not looking good for them no uh yeah the, the game is codenamed volt uh, they said it's always bad stuff you hear, right? Through multiple iterations, there was issues with uh, with um, reboots, technical stuff, then COVID, and there's just issue after issue, and it just feels like, I don't know, it feels like obviously real issues that were happening, but at a certain point, it's sounding like excuse after excuse, and I feel like it's just going to look really bad on these guys on Hangar 13. So, uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably the end for them, but, uh, you know, hopefully not. Take two's got a shit ton of money. Like fifty three million isn't a lot for them, but you know it, it's still when you're investing it in a project and you literally literally get nothing back. Then, nothing. Yeah, that's not a great look. And it's not even like they can use the technologies because like the game was like a technical mess. It sounds like too. So it's like they didn't even really make a lot go have a lot going on here. That they can build on. They're not good. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on a little bit here. Talking about Amazon. Amazon's new worlds. Ugh. Something uh, I tried to get a refund on over the weekend, actually, and they uh, they didn't let me. It's been too long. Uh, lost over 500,000 players after the first month. Listen, it's an MMO. It happens. Matt, uh, you're the MMO guy. I mean, we both have played a lot of MMOs, but, uh, you know, is this is this worrisome for, for New World? I mean, the idea of the story isn't because it's not atypical for an MMO to lose most of their players a month after launch. But the problem with New World is is what's happened the last couple weeks. So a lot of MMOs do have rough launches, server issues, bugs, glitches, all that kind of stuff. It happens. But New World, the last couple weeks, has been particularly bad. Uh, they've had game-breaking issues. People are able to like send these HTML messages in chat that will crash your game. Um, there was a bug where if you like jumped and 
alt f4 at the same time and you, you were in like a pvp match it would just take you out of the game so you didn't die or something like that um there's yeah. there's gold duping so people have max gold now and that just completely breaks an economy in an mmo which especially they, in a game that's so player the entire economy is completely player based yes so this is they've had some major issues i don't really know how this gets fixed without rollbacks and rollbacks are like the last possible option that you want to do in an MMO development studios for MMOs do not want to do rollbacks. It happens so rarely, but it will happen. I think guild Wars two had one maybe a year ago. There was something going on. If I'm to, thinking correctly, to clarify rollback. So that's like rolling back, like the whole sort of the point where like your character progress and things and everything rolls back as well. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so there are some games where they're like, look, things got so fucked up that we have to do a 24 hour rollback. And yeah. that's in an MMO where people dedicate so much time. That is the last thing that you want to have to do. I don't know if they're going to go that route, but I really don't know what they can do to fix it. There's also a thing where like people were able to report other people who were warring against them on the other faction and yes. it, it would like they'd automatically be banned. And I mean, and then Amazon claimed that they don't have like an, an auto banning software, but like clearly they do because yeah, things are like it's been bad and immediately there are just so, so many sketchy issues in this launch and the most disappointing part is like a lot of people like myself who weren't as interested in like all the real the real money store stuff you know we were kind of excited about launch because they kind of said hey listen you know launch will be free of that and then later on there'll be maybe more options to like you know pay to win a bit not pay to win but you know it might be xp boosts and things like that which i mean is kind of paid paid, paid to progress fast right? travel and stuff and fast travel stuff right and, and stuff that like you know isn't necessarily terrible but isn't you know what a lot of people wanted and the idea now i'm thinking is like you know so like what we're gonna this game's gonna have all these broken concepts and then you know how are they gonna fix it well maybe they'll just fix some of these bugs and then put it, and then by the time they fix them the pay to win stores in and all of a sudden like i never got to play the game i wanted to play it's sad because like yeah it it it's very clear now that the game probably should not have come out when it did, but it it had already been delayed like literally five times, maybe it's been even six. So many, I mean, it it's was been crazy. So many times. Like, when was it supposed to come out? It honestly feels like this game wasn't supposed to be. It honestly feels like Amazon just shouldn't have made an MMO. I, I think the the dev team is fine. I, I think like like I think in general the concept of the MMO is fine if if a little generic or a little bland. But I think it's it's still cool and interesting, and, and it's something we haven't really we don't have right now. But yeah, Amazon is doing a shit job leading this. The Amazon game, yeah. uh, division, Amazon Games. They were always destined to be under the microscope because again, it's so rare that we get a Western released triple a mmo so they were always go they were going to be the full focus of thousands hundreds of thousands of people right off the bat and, and it's amazon and people go people have expectations from amazon yeah. and if they came up with different kind of games like they did before people might expect a little less but they came up with a big triple a western mmo the first in a long time they made a lot of claims about it they made a lot of noise about it the marketing campaign went on launch was huge yeah uh i had people who don't even play any games telling me hey what's this new world thing because it's on my instagram yeah uh and then you know the servers don't work you can't get on a server there's queues everywhere and people go why aren't they using aws amazon you own all the servers what are you doing uh, you have all this crazy technology and it's like 
nah. Like th- these people aren't talking to each other. You know, Amazon Games, I feel like, has like been put out to drift, put out a drift a little bit here. Maybe I, w- I will say that the fact that this game had server issues at launch, we there's no ground to ever complain about server issues for an MMO ever because it just goes to show you that that's impossible. Like you cannot avoid that. Even Amazon or, or avoid Amazon it. or Amazon just did a shit job and didn't do like the right <laughs> stuff. Like I think a lot of people said they're not using AWS. They're not using a lot of the Amazon server stuff because they're separate entities and they decided to go with something different. Um, it's weird it's strange i i I feel bad i hope they can turn it around but it's so mmos rely so heavily on first impressions so it's it's hard although store this the the course has changed with games like eso eso had a terrible launch and it's a Mm -hmm. really popular mmo now so it's possible but i i just feel bad yeah it's possible i think a lot of mmos most mmos now come out have a bad launch and have like a uh, western mmos come out have a weird bad launch you know change their payment model uh and and you know change how their 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 you know their whole system there and then you know have a good second life and we see that we saw it with eso and guild wars 2 and a bunch of stuff where they, there were like a lot of games that had subscription models and, and cut them out and, and changed so i will probably uh old republic is another good one yeah, for that. yeah. um we'll probably see something like that for this uh, this already didn't have a subscription model but Obviously, the real store will change things. Maybe once that becomes profitable, this game will probably become free to play at some point or another. Um, I could see that. Yeah. I just, I think maybe at first, because people were like so anti, um, you know, A, they can make box money because it's a launch game and people just pay up front for a game that just came out. That's just how our minds work. Um, But I think also because so many people didn't want the pay store right off the bat, they're like, fine, we have to pay for the game then. And then later, once they're raking in the money, they can change their their attitude on that. But either way, uh, it's kind of a bummer to me because I I bought this game and I have been playing a little bit of it. and I, I'd like to play more, but every time I'm about to launch it, I like read another article about how like I'm gonna get my fucking identity stolen, or they're gonna crash my game, or I'm gonna have like game breaking bugs, they're gonna like fuck my shit up. And I'm like, I don't know, it's that bad to go cut down some trees and then get uh, you know fucking duped with a weird HTML link. I, I want to play, but I just can't because my map markers still don't work. And so. you're still having that bug too with yeah. the map markers, so yeah, not good. All right, that's enough of us shitting on New World, but uh, we're only we shit because we we love. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just we both want New World to be good. That's why we're that's why we're being so critical. We because shit we, because we love you. We shit because we love. Let's see the name of the uh, the episode today. Um, all right, and last but not least, <laughs> that's the worst impression I've ever heard in my fucking life. Oh my Rumors God. are swirling that a Donkey Kong movie led by Seth Rogen has entered. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, has entered production. Um, you know, so that movie has uh, been knocked up. Oh, Rogan is also voicing Donkey Kong, of course, in the Marvel in the Marvel Mario movie. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! In the Marvel, Nick movie? Fury shows up at the end of the Mario movie, invites Donkey Kong to the Avengers Initiative. He's like, I'm star. I'm putting together a team. Uh, all right, yeah, and then he grabs him by the tie and plants a big one on those monkey Ooh. lips. Uh, Rogan is also voicing DK in the Mario movie. I already said that, so that's kind of why we're <laughs> basing the Mario uh, this thing on it. Listen, let's wait and see how Mario does first. It's been a long, like we got a long way to go, and a long, like there's so many years for Chris Pratt to fuck this up that I really feel like. <laughs> 
let's wait and see how that goes. Now, maybe this is just maybe part of this is because they already know that like Rogan's gonna nail it, and so they're yeah. like, listen, regardless of what happens with Mario, like everyone's favorite character will be Seth Rogan's character, like will be Donkey Kong. So we're already gonna go ahead because we see that he's clearly the standout here. Maybe maybe that's it. Uh, or it's probably just normal deals and shit, and they're just like trying to build an empire here and, and make franchises get you know work. But it's so weird because I see Seth Rogen working as Donkey Kong so well, but I also see it not working at all at the same time. It's yeah. just, it makes no sense in my brain. I just can't like I can't get it to a point where it's like, oh yeah, it works really well. But then I'm also like, how does this make any sense at all? Like it's it's somewhere in between. It's going to be, I don't think it'll be outright bad, but it's either going to be so uncanny that it's bad or so uncanny that it's good. It's just um, going to be his voice, right? Like he's not going to put on, what voice do you know. put on for Donkey Kong? Chris Pratt's going to probably put on a voice. So like, I feel like Rogan might, but Rogan clearly was cast to be Rogan. But right. why would you cast Chris Pratt to be someone else? Fucking shit. And then just a reminder too, to everyone out there, Chris, uh, we're going to have some bad Mondays because Chris Pratt's also Garfield now as well. <laughs> um, I told, I told Rachel, we were walking, we were on a walk today and I, we were talking about our cat Leo and I just, I was like, oh, I feel sick for a second. I just imagined Leo voiced by Chris Pratt and how much I would fucking hate that. Uh, just like it's just he's it's just a miscast to have him be a, a fucking cat i don't understand he doesn't even have that distinctive of a voice like if you're gonna cast someone who's not a traditional voice actor in all these like lead cartoony voice actor roles i feel like cast someone who has a more distinctive voice two uh two well-known fans of lasagna though mario and uh garfield See, that's the thing that's funny because Mario, <laughs> your face, you're waiting for me to get excited. <laughs> Mario, uh, Mario isn't well known as a fan of lasagna, but well, he's, he's Italian. Italian. Yeah. So, so yeah. I feel like that's kind of a good connection, like yeah. a lasagna connection. So that's I why I made the them. joke, Paul. Why? Well, I, I know, but I'm just, I wanted to explain it. Well, I <laughs> think, I think everyone got it. I hope they did. I didn't get it. Right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here. Oh, dear. OD, OD from Garfield. Let's Fuck. let's go. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, <laughs> all right, we have a Patreon. If you feel like paying for this shit, uh, if you enjoy GG Replay and all of our content over at GoodnightGroups.com, like the Game Grooves podcast, the blog, and this uh, thing you just listened to, and you're feeling super generous, take a look at our Patreon over at Patreon. I said Patreon enough times. Patreon.com/slash/GoodnightGroups to see if any of our three current support tiers might interest you. The three dollar plus tier will get you early access to our weekly podcast game groups normally it comes out on a sunday but you could be cruising into the weekend listening to it on a friday friday uh what is it friday more yeah, like friday. it yeah also important to it just sounds like you're excited for french fries uh, also important to consider this show of course is an audio podcast we do have a video version on youtube and if you want to see charles halloween and our beautiful faces and my creepy mustache check that out on youtube but you're probably listening to this on an audio podcast app. So if you are, if you can feel free to open that app up, give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating or a like, we really, really appreciate it. In fact, if you could leave us a review, uh, that would like make our entire month. We'll shout you out in the show. We'll say the review, even if it has obscenities in it, especially if it has obscenities in it, say something weird in our reviews. That would really help. Um, <laughs> any and all support is greatly appreciated. We appreciate it. It goes a long way in improving all of Good night, Grooves. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here uh, until our beautiful Friday episode? Well, I'd just like to share some really great news about uh, Good Night Grooves. Um, hey. The Rune Terror games and Good Night Grooves 
both combined for 180 monthly active users in the month of October. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We're beating Steam. Yeah, we're beating Steam. Good for us. <laughs> Good night, Grooves, in partnership with Riot Games. Uh, all right. That is going to be it for today's GG Replay for Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. Make sure to tune in on Friday where I will be voiced by Chris Pratt because I'm just so cool. Good night, Grooves. <laughs>